Today on the show, we kick off season three of the podcast with a return guest, one of my favorites, Matt Wirtz, uh, to talk about struggling on every plane as an artist and insecurities and just, it, I love it. I love it so much. This is my favorite kind of artist talk, so I think you guys will dig it too. Uh, Matt Wirtz, kicking off season three on Who Writes This Stuff? Oh, hey, didn't see you there. How's it going? My name is Nick Flora. This is Who Writes This Stuff. We're kicking off season three at the end of 2013. I don't know if that's too telling. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this way in the future, um, that's very telling. It's 2013 still. So please, if you are listening to this now, write us in the past and let us know what the future is like. I'm so interested. Um, it's probably a lot, lot the same. People are probably still, you know, getting all up in arms about the OJ trial. I don't know. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. This is, this is very exciting. Um, episode 51. This is, this is what we're doing. This is it. <laughs> I've had coffee, so forgive me. Um, I've had a really exciting year. Uh, this is sort of in the beginning of season three, but it's wrapping up this year, as I said. And, and so this has been really, really fun. Um, as far as the podcast goes and as far as like, I've been touring a lot this, this fall. I saw a lot of you, a lot of podcast people came out to, to uh, the shows this this fall, and I'm excited, always excited to meet people who listen to the show. And um, you know, this is totally a passion project. This is nobody's commissioning this to to exist. So when people listen with their free time, it's always exciting. Um, the last couple shows I played were in Arizona, Phoenix, and Tucson, respectively. And uh, it I this is sort of my first experience. I've done it a couple times before with with other artists, sort of touring with other artists. But this is my first experience flying to a gig um so and also my first experience using the word gig <laughs> why did i say gig just now um we're flying to the gig so uh i went to arizona and i flew out there for a weekend of shows and which is very exciting because usually i drive i get in my car and i drive to the place and then i drive back home and there's no sort of middle ground and there's i'm in charge of it you know as, as far as getting to the place. I am control of the ship. I am the captain. I will put on my captain's hat and I will go. This is me, everything. But when you fly, you're in, everybody else is in control of what time you get there and how efficiently you get there and how annoyed you are when you do get there. So everybody from the guy flying the plane to the, the people getting in your way on the way to the airport, people getting in your way. Once you're in the airport, just all of a bevy of, of things can get in the way and stop you from getting to your destination. And this is sort of a new experience for me. And, uh, but, uh, I mean, I got there on time. Everything worked out swimmingly. It, uh, amazingly. I was expecting everything to go wrong just cause it's sort of uncharted territory. Um, there's a point where, I don't know if you know this or not. I'm sure you do if you fly. But airlines, a lot of times, will connect you. You know, you'll have a layover in a city. And a lot of times, it is not in a city that is congruently on the way to the next destination. So a lot of times, like if I'm flying from Tennessee to, let's say, uh, Baltimore, then it'll route me through, like, Denver, which is not on the way. Um, it's very confusing, but you know, I, we don't ask questions because once again, they are in control and we are not. Well, this time I was flying from Nashville to Phoenix and it routed me through Los Angeles, which is very strange because Los Angeles is too far. And even I know that. Um, but you know, it was, it was a fun little two hour layover in, <laughs> in Los Angeles. I saw a couple celebrities, which is, I was there for like, you know, 
not even uh, the length of an entire movie, and I, I see celebrities. It's kind of funny. Um, but getting back on the plane to fly to Phoenix, um, they take off, and it's all pretty. And I'm like, oh, look, there's the ocean. You know, you can kind of see it out the window, and then more ocean, and then more ocean, and even more ocean. And then before I know it, all around me is ocean. And I don't know if you know this about, about Arizona or not, but it is landlocked. There is no ocean touching Arizona. So <laughs> I'm I'm sort of kind of wondering if I got on the wrong plane, like Home Alone 2 style. I'm like, does that even happen anymore? Is, is it possible to get on the wrong plane anymore? And this is very confusing, um, mostly because I know that Arizona is landlocked and this is not the case. So I am a, I'm, a, I'm an adult I'm a fully formed human adult brain. I can make cognitive decisions. I sort of start to freak out a little bit more and more as we're heading over an ocean. We are not heading to Phoenix, um, as far as I can tell. So I, and I know this, but I just turn to the person next to me and I say, this plane is going to Phoenix, right? And this lady goes, yeah. Like, and then went back to her regular thing. And maybe like three seconds later, looks over at me and says, wait, I, I think so. Why? Why do you ask? And I was like, well, I just looked down and I don't, it's just, we're on the ocean right now. And this is maybe about 10 minutes into the flight. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to Phoenix. <laughs> I'm not crazy. I bought a plane ticket to Phoenix. So did you. Calm down. We're all adults here. Three seconds later, it turns to the person next to her and says, this is a plane to Phoenix, right? And out of nowhere... I have uh, turned an, almost an entire row of fully formed human adult brains who make decisions every day that affect their lives into a bunch of worried fourth graders. We're like, where are we going? And we're all, <laughs> all of us are like, this is so strange. Why is the ocean here? We all know how geography works. And then almost at the point where we're about to grab a stewardess or a flight attendant, sorry, um, and explain the situation and, and explain our worry and, uh, uh, the plane just took a, a, a good left turn, to, and uh, and then before we know it, there's land again. And I forget, even though I do have a fully formed human brain, that even though uh, in my car I can flip a UE at any point that I want to, planes are bigger than that. And a lot of times you can't when you're taking off pointing towards the ocean. Sometimes you have to go out over the ocean a little bit and then take your little precious time to turn this giant tonned thing around and uh, point it towards your actual destination. So that's the lesson learned. It's always funny to me how uh, one adult can freak out an entire row of adults by dropping in just a little bit of unsuredness into the mix. You can take the whole thing down. I would be interested to see how long it would take before everybody on the plane is like, we are gone the wrong plane. We are Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 2. But that wasn't the case. Not this time, anyway. You guys, this podcast is free. It will always be free. But there are a few things that you could do for me to sort of help the podcast out, if you would, if you have the time. One of those things, as we know, is iTunes reviews. A lot of times, iTunes will see uh, something getting reviewed positively and, and feature it on its page, uh, which lets other people know that the podcast is here and exists and, uh, and increases uh, the, the listenability, I guess, of, of this podcast. So if you have the time... 
please go over to the iTunes page, uh, or just go to iTunes, type in who writes this stuff, and uh, leave a star review or you know a longer worded review if you would like. Um, it is all appreciated, and I'll give you a shout out on the show. Um, another thing you can do if you would like to make a, a more tangible, real uh, contribution to this podcast is to go to the podcast blog, and uh, there is a little donate link. If you would like to click on that and and throw whatever PayPal money you have in your account uh, our way, that helps keep uh, buy more bandwidth and more space and keep this going so we can post more episodes. Um, and uh, that is always appreciated. But, you know, just the fact that you download this and listen to it is honestly enough for me. But if you'd like to go the extra mile, that is always appreciated as well. If you have any questions or comments or anything or guest suggestions uh, uh, for the podcast, you can email who writes this stuff podcast at gmail.com. And um, that's that's a great way to get in touch, as well as Twitter at who writes pod and Facebook as well. To everyone who has already sent in reviews, uh, donated, or uh, sent in questions, thank you guys. You're the best. All right, it's episode 51. We should just get into it already. Uh, this is Matt Wirtz. A lot of you remember uh, Matt from season one. He was one of the uh, the first dozen or so guests I had on, and I didn't know Matt back then, and uh, I, I I feel like I know him so much. I feel like he's a, he's a brother in arms, and uh, a lot of you know him uh, just through his various albums that he's put out through the years. He's a prolific songwriter. He's a hardworking guy. He's a really genuine sweetheart, and even if you're not familiar or don't really care for his music... I feel like this podcast is for you because it just shows his heart and like how what a genuine, nice, and hardworking duty is, and I think that's important. Um, so it, it explains why he uh, has gone as far as he has and why he's as good as he is. So um, without further ado, here's episode fifty-one, Matt Wertz. Because I'm so busy. You're the busiest guy I know. Holy you, smokes. But you know, didn't you just get back from something? Like, a, you got back from tour, right? Yeah, it's called the Heat Wave Tour, Nick. Named after? Uh, I don't, it's, I don't know what it's named. <laughs> Appropriately named after yeah, uh, the Heat Wave of 1983. Yeah, which... We all remember. Which actually killed, like, 14 people. And, and 15 livestock, which... We, no, well, actually, more, we missed the livestock more than the people. You know, at least somebody's finally saying it. I feel like enough time has passed that we can start talking well, about the livestock loss. You know, it, that was we could. You know, there was like hamburgers we couldn't eat all summer. It's long true. Because of that, it's because it literally when when the the cow opto- autopsy was done, the the cows were were cooked. They they were burgers. Yeah, and and there were townspeople trying to <laughs> the townspeople. Where was that? That was in uh, that was in North Dakota, right? I, I can't remember. Gosh, it was so long. Ago. I mean, 1983. I was only 45. I was four. <laughs> you were four in 1983. We just dated you. Perfect. At least somebody will. Whoa! Hey, but <laughs> Hey, oh, you're you're you are a well loved person. Are you aware of this? Well, everybody loves you. <laughs> everybody, everybody loves you. Can that be the name of your next album? <laughs> Because they do. Everybody loves you, and uh, this is proved by the internet. Because everybody, people, people have tweeted at me asking questions to ask you, and and it's all like, when when is he coming to insert my town? 
Here. Well, that's called we haven't done a good job of, of uh, marketing on tour. Because no, no, that's not true because I know from touring that you can play in Chicago and then the next night get a tweet like, when you coming to Chicago? It's, it's basically the worst thing ever because it means that you just like somehow you through like 40 emails, you know, numerous Instagram mm-hmm. tweets, everything somehow... That dude did not see that you like. You can never do enough for everybody. I, I don't get it. There's and I I don't know why we continue to try though. I don't know. I, music is what it takes to make it in music these days is like so it's so much harder than it used to be. I think. I don't know. It's harder I, for me at least. I think it goes. I think it depends on where you start. I sort of came. I started playing music around the time, like ten years ago. Around the time, like really, like making a go of it 10 years ago when the shift into social media started happening. Yeah. So I feel like there's a little bit of me who still has, I'm talking about this on the podcast before, like the old school mindset of like what it means like to, to like, I'm just trying to make it to a point where I've sort of hit a plateau. Like uh-huh. I want, I want to hit the sweet spot and just sail there for a while. You know, I want I'm here to tell you that that isn't, <laughs> that does. I, I thought that too. Mm-hmm. It's tell not me. real. The sweet spot isn't real. Nope. So, and I, I have found this because every, I, I will lose perspective and a lot of time and I have really good people and you know mentors in my life who will, who will be like think about when you know a year ago two years ago whatever they would be like remember where you wanted to be you're there now but you're still like I'm not where I want to be so so what do you do to get do you just have to learn to be content well that's a big one there's that, no such thing as there's no such thing as like like sail is like riding off into the sunset it does yeah I thought yeah, that there was, and I tried to do that, and then, like, everybody stopped caring. <laughs> and so, you just have to be, you literally have to be, like, engaged all the freaking time. Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. It so, there's exhausting. no such thing as, like, I'm going to take a few years off, and, like, and everybody will be around when I, they're like, nope, we're going to listen to somebody else now. I think you can hit a point. I think if you took a couple years off, and you came back, people would be, like, stoked. No, it's happening right now. <laughs> But it's not. I mean, some people are stoked, but most people are like, "Yeah, now we got kids, man." Like, oh, that's true. We don't like or slash like. They're okay. So for a while, you had like older brother, like kid, like not kids, but like high school kids find out about me from like their older, you know, siblings, siblings or or whatever. And then they'd go to college, and like they would turn their friends on to it. And it was like this trickle down thing. Mm -hmm. At some point, I feel like the spigot's been turned off or something got something got snipped you know somebody's holding the hose yeah in half the 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 thing's got neutered you know <laughs> there we go like, there's no more there's no more life flow coming from and so i feel like you know a the crowd is like it's not there's not like a new young group of like people that's like uh, an influx of like oh now here's the new class of Wirtz. no Oh, of Matt Wirtz fans. Not okay. Matt Wirtz fans. I'm sure other people have, you know, the, the new Oh, yeah. Class. No, they do, and, and I'm trying to get them to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> we all are. We're all trying to get them to, like, hey, over here, over here, over here. Yeah, but, like, as a 34-year-old guy, it's like, mm-hmm. who's the creepy guy that's trying to, like, get, you know, it's like... I think that's your... I think that's just your perspective. You're probably right. <laughs> but I, lo- I love... One of my favorite things about you, remember this from last time, is you you can dive this deep, and you're not afraid to get a little bit 
like. Well, I mean, as long as you're not recording, I'm fine, right? Oh, I am. Oh. <laughs> I just hit record. I told you. I was okay, we're going to have to go back. Yeah, we're going to need to edit this. Yeah, yeah. Let's edit go. point. So Matt Lawrence is in the studio. Hey, yeah. hey, what's up, guys? Everything's going. So Heatwave, that sounds hot. Hot, oh, hot. Man. It is selling so well. It's crazy. <laughs> He's got double platinum. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's I was. It's funny. I was watching one of my favorite movies. Is that thing you do? And I, uh-huh. I love that movie because of. I love it for many reasons, but one of the the way the music industry is portrayed in, in that movie is, so, I'm sure, so honest to the time. But like making it when you in 1950, 1960, whatever it was. Was like going on a tour of of the uh, of like state fairs, uh huh. And it was literally like because everybody in nineteen fifty nine went to the state fair because it was right. something to do, and and it was literally like the same way that if you pl- were played on the radio or on Johnny Carson or whatever, like boom, you made it because right. there were only so many channels. And I was like, that sounds amazing. That if you, all you can all you have to do is get one guy who books that thing to say yes to you, and you're made. <laughs> Right, like, where did that go? It's not there. I mean, there, there's the, I guess there's the equivalent, but there's so many because of like these things. Yep, these computers. Everybody can make music, mm-hmm. and because of MySpace and MP3.com, everybody <laughs> has pure volume. Everybody <laughs> has a place to, you know, put their music up. That's what people are using still, right? Yep, MP3.com. They're wearing uh, their Teenage Millionaire Tracker hats that Ashton Kutcher made oh popular. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> Dude, and the uh, Von Dutch. Jesus is my homeboy. Yeah. Yeah. I think I tweeted the other day, like, I finally got my Jesus is my homeboy hat in. I'm going to be the coolest kid in 2003. Because oh, like, <laughs> I saw a picture of somebody wearing, like, a Jesus is my homeboy thing. Oh, like, really? Interesting. Like, still? Like, yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was fairly recently. I think it was actually Kevin Federline. <laughs> Remember that guy? Yeah, that makes another name sense. He's like a walking. He's a walking time capsule. Why wouldn't he live in two thousand three? <laughs> that was the best time. That of was his the life. best time of his life. Holy! Smokes. I would never leave two thousand three if I was. I was trying to actually get back there. Maybe that. Maybe the Jesus, <laughs> my homeboy, is the is the key. Yeah. To the fountain of youth. Looking back, I was so naive. Think the world was. Me. I kept on pushing, but I didn't budge. I kept on trying, but I never was. I thought that I could pay my way, but the truth had something else to say. Climbing high, falling low, hanging on. It takes a crooked road to pick you last Oh, I wish I'd known what I'd do right now So, in your head, are you trying to think, like, if I could just get, like, an opening spot up? On like I don't know who's hot like opening for like Jason fun. Mraz. <laughs> no, I feel like I feel like you could. Haven't you opened for Jason Mraz? Yeah. Where's that Dave Barnes? You guys are interchangeable. I did. We are the same person. <laughs> Everybody thinks so on the internet. Yeah. Um, but is that sort of like in in the chain of command? The Matt Wirtz chain of command is what I'm calling it. Like when you talk to your your my you know, people, yeah, your people who are trying to push the Matt Wirtz brand forward. If we're speaking about you, like your Walmart. Uh, is that sort of something that, that comes up a lot? Like, okay, because I feel like you have a very, like, 
your music is good. The talent is there. I feel like if you just get in front of people, that's all you need. You just need to get in front of younger ears. Man, thanks. I don't know. Um, it, it possibly is. Here's the thing, too, though. Like, I'm becoming increasingly like high maintenance in my. Really? Yeah. Usually, it's the other way around. Oh no, it's not. As you get older, don't you get more low maintenance? No. Don't you get slower? Not for guys. I feel like the older you get, the more like the more like neurotic, set in your ways you are. It's like this oh, that's is what true. I, this is. This is so the way I'm high maintenance is in like, no, I'm not going to go out for six weeks straight and like <laughs> drive 14 hours and awful. then play a, a 30 minute set mm. for $250 while my band costs me, you know, $1,500 yeah, for exactly. that night. Like, no, I can't do that. Well, you don't need to be doing that. So, so the thing is like. It just it just depends on what the opportunity is, but like I'm not as eager to like, and I remember when it broke. I remember when like when I when when like my willingness to do whatever it took, yeah, broke, and it was in 2007. It well, I just said I remember. I think it was 2006, um, and. I had done like a Matt Nathanson tour. Mm-hmm. I had done like another tour, and then I did this. My first it was like the headlining tour of everything when everything in between came out. The record with like Five Nineteen and yeah. what I feel in Carolina, and that it was literally three months long. It was the like tour was? the tour was three months long. There was one week break too long. in like midway through, and that week we filmed the Carolina video here in Nashville. So it was like so no break, so no break, and then at like four weeks in, I get a call from my agent. Hey, do you want to go out with um, Mark Broussard for like six weeks this summer? You know, mm-hmm. like you basically come home for a month and be gone again. And I was like, I, I internally at me, I was like, no. And then, but I was like, let me like, I'll let me, let me think about it and call you. And I just, I called some friends and ran it by them just to like get some perspective. And I just remember like, it's like, no, I can't do this. Like, and, and like that, cause that, that tour, that three months, like absolutely just like crushed me. It broke me. But, I also feel like that was kind of like the beginning of of me being like, all right, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like yes man anymore, right? You know, and um, you kind of have to be man, a yes man all the time. You you just have to take you just have to take advantage of like opportunities, you know, and you know that was when Broussard was drawing like right. crazy, and you know that would have been a great, honestly, would have been probably a great thing, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, that was like, I made a decision, I, I made a decision to actually care for my, like, heart and my, <laughs> and your well-being, and my well-being <laughs> yeah. and not my career necessarily. Yeah. And as soon as you start doing that, your career is going to suffer. It just is, you know, like, at least it has for me. And like, yeah. but you also step back and I look at my life and I'm like, man, I like my my life and myself better 
but there are times that's when I'm the like, trade. But there's this thing where I'm like, well, you know, I wish I could sell more records. You know, like mm-hmm. I wish more people would come to my shows. It's like, well, yeah, but you also are like making decisions that like directly impact that that are mm-hmm. because you're caring for yourself, and that's like the trade-off. You know? Yeah, I wish I could do both, and people would still be like. We don't care. We just want to we'll see buy, you. We'll buy two copies of every record if you stay home, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just not the case. So, I mean, the reality is I am so thankful now when I show up places and people are there. Because I just yeah. assume that people won't. I literally you, assume you still that assume? no one's going to be there. And Well, that's a, that's a, I feel like that's a healthy place to be because then you don't get let down. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I, I assume no one's going to be there, and then, and I especially assume like, oh, surely, if you've been if you've been a fan since two thousand one, mm-hmm. you're not going to be there. And dude, people are still coming that are like, yeah, I bought some. Like, I've been, a, I literally saw you play at Young Life Camp the summer of two thousand one. I'm like, well, wow. that was the beginning of my career. You've and been there. For- <laughs> so now I want to sit down and like interview you and and actually I want you to tell me what I need to do. Like t- like I basically want to do like a job. Like I want to do like a how am I doing? You know mm-hmm. at my mm-hmm. job. You need like, you need interview. a comment card. To yes. Hand out. Wouldn't that be amazing? And oh wait, we have that. It's called YouTube. <laughs> YouTube comments. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> except those are the worst. Um, I feel like that would be very helpful. Especially if we're viewing ourselves as an artist as if you it's not a, not popular, but to view yourselves as like a small business, which essentially we are. Right. <clears throat> if you're pursuing it in any capacity of like a, you know, if you're filing taxes, I feel like you should be comparing it as like a you know, a small business. There is that would be very helpful. It, so it like, would. How are we doing it? You know, but that's that's a lot of the 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 irony is when you get your audience when they're young, they don't really have money. But they have so much time to spend coming to your shows, listening to your music, Telling and then when the they people... actually get money <laughs> because they grow up and get jobs, right? Whatever they don't really have the time to go spend and come to a Matt Ward show, right? Well, maybe that, that's maybe some of them not do. Everybody. Yeah, the reason why the the college market is like so awesome, it's like this viral. It's like it's like the most viral environment, yeah, like on the planet because you're living in such close proximity with like. You know, sometimes like 30,000 other people yeah, that are contained. in a very similar place in life and, you know, everybody's got high-speed internet and yep. a ton of time on their hands. And, and a lot of my part-time jobs. And mostly no responsibility. That's true. You know? That's very true. I mean, compared to like what the responsibility that you're faced with like right after you get out of college, it's like you got nothing. I mean... That's you, so true. You some, there's are, There are exceptions. Some people like, you know, have a ton of responsibility, but... For the most part, it's like, yeah, mom and dad are covering this, and mm-hmm. I don't have to figure out what I'm doing right now, so I'm just hanging out. That's the sweet spot. If yeah. You're about <laughs> For, as a human being, that's the sweet spot that is going away by every minute that ticks on the clock. Well, not anybody who's like, you know, comes and asks me, like, I'm in college, and I'm like, really want to make go at music? I'm like, I can grab their cheeks and shake them, like, they yeah. in school, you know. Don't, don't ever, ever turn, like Billy Madison. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you dare it's, say that. it's like the perfect time to, like, explore whatever you want to do. Yeah, that's true. And you don't have to make a living off of it at this point. 
So you can fail and have no real world com- consequences. That's right. So like, stay in school, kids, um, <laughs> and and just use your spare time to like explore and yeah. figure out like, what is it that I like. If I hadn't gone to college to study industrial design, I never would have like discovered that I like to write songs and that people like to listen to them. Yeah. So I had four years for that to like incubate before I was pushed out of the nest and had to figure out how I was going to pay my, you know, cell phone bill. She's like a diamond on the concrete, baby, shine plain as day, glowing bright with the sunlight, smiling, she'll steal your heart Music started paying bills. Were there, were there any sort of Dude, weird odd jobs I or anything? Really think, I was really fortunate, man. Really? Because I, I know you started like pretty early. I mean, 2001. Yeah, I didn't have to. Okay, so I did... I think I did three album cover designs. And I did... Oh, okay. I did, I, did, I did three album cover designs, and then I did a website. I designed a website. And that was, but beyond that, and that was all, I think, honestly, that was probably safe. That was like a safety net. But, like, I think I had made enough, I was making enough money from, you know, that summer on Mm -hmm. to cover, to cover my bills. That's amazing. It's amazing. I'm really thankful. You're you're so fortunate. You're so blessed, man. I'm really blessed, man. I'm really blessed. (laughs) And what it was was like these camp. I went to young, I went and played a young life camp, mm-hmm. and and that was another one of those things that was like it was just a gift that that was such a good fit for me. Yeah, and it's not for everybody, but I grew up in that. You know, um, I grew up in in young life. Yeah, and, and I was a leader in college, and you know, and so. To go, play, I got the gig. I mean, I I understood the gig. I understood the the role, um, and they really like, you know, they hire from within. You know, yeah. they they don't really it's they're true. very protective about like about that, and for good reason because there's a there's a method to like the madness mm-hmm. there, and mm-hmm. um, and I just happened to be like, you know, I happen to have some songs that connected, and probably more than anything else, like. I just got the, I just caught the vision of like yeah. what Young Life does, and so I spent two months at camp, and that summer after my senior year, and I didn't spend much on my first record on some days. It didn't cost a lot, and um, so it was paid off by like week three of the first camp, and then the That's rest amazing. of the weeks was were like I was just saved up for the move to Nashville and because I was in between college and moving to Nashville, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have like rent that I was paying. So I was yeah. like, basically like my living expenses were covered cause I was at camp and it was just like, it was a dream, man. And then I, I moved to, I moved to town. I was like, well, I've got enough to live on for three months. And then, 
you know, but I had like booked different weekend, you know, retreat things, you know, right, like weekend right. retreats. And then I'd go and do those. Maybe it was like, there was like a leadership one. So it was like tons of college kids. And like, mm-hmm. so I was playing for like college kids from Indiana, Kentucky, Illinois, all on this one spot who like were basically like the same people as me. Yeah. And so then they would go and like, Hey, I'm the, you know, I'm the, the, the chair the like the concert chair who books the, like, who books campus the activities and- or whatever. And like, so, okay. So now for the next, you know, year, it was just kind of like, it was a, I had a paved road starting out. Yeah, but you had to say yes and recognize those opportunities, too. Yes. Because there are a lot of times when those things are put in front of us and we we don't we don't have the foresight or the, the I overuse the word wherewithal, but I like that word, <laughs> to kind of, you know, be aware enough to see, like, oh, no, I, I need to do this, you know. Yeah. Well, and the thing, too, is that, like, it was so infused with, like, who I am that it was, like... It would have been like, hey, dude, you want to go grab some coffee? Like, yeah. I love coffee. I love coffee. Like, <laughs> I so, love playing to college kids. So, yeah. so it, was, it was like there was no it – wasn't it wasn't a decision. It was just like, yes, of course. Like, See, this is interesting to me because uh, I get asked, and I'm sure you do too, a lot about like advice. Like, what do I do as people getting into music or whatever? Like, what do I do? What did you do that I can also you – know? and everybody's, everybody's kind of story is, is specific to them. So there, there's maybe overall things you can say, like, you know, showing up and actually playing and putting the work in. But like, as far as, like, there's no real step-by-step process. I wish there was. Like, if I could, like, I don't know if anybody could really copy the Matt Wirtz model, quote-unquote, if, if they wanted no. to. It really was, like, uh, like, an outlier situation, right place, right time, and you were there. Right. And, and you said yes to opportunities and, and just kept saying yes. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And And <laughs> I was trying to follow... Like, I initially was trying to follow, like, this guy Bebo Norman's mm-hmm. track. Like, like that was my plan. I was going to, I was going to, like... So you're going to quit music soon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it just depends on if I can keep don't paying you the dare, bills. Don't you dare say yes. I, I mean, I'm not planning on it. But... Is that what you're announcing? Can we break that on, on this podcast? <laughs> Matt Worth, quit music. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe, like, more people would care if I started saying, like, I'm quitting, like... Oh my! There would be an uproar. I'm telling you, man. People, people love the Matt Wirtz, and I, I hear about it because I name drop him constantly. No, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, no, that's really so. In I think in trying to, and maybe that's the part. Maybe that's the deal. Is like as you try to emulate somebody else's career, you end up forging your own. It's true because you know, for me, like certain, you know, certain doors didn't open. And there, and then we had to kind of like find another way. You, you know? got to take like, a you got to take a window. I didn't get asked on the road by Cademan's call when mm-hmm. I moved to town, but that was like what I was wanting to do. I was like, I'm gonna move down there and like, and I'm gonna become friends with Derek Webb. There's like, like eight of them. All I have to do is get four yeah. of them on my side. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like I would have done anything to get like yeah. asked on the road, and then lo and behold, it wasn't long before like. Bebo's booking agent like asked if I wanted to sign me. I was like, but the funny thing is by that point I was like, it didn't fit in with my vision. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It's really, it's really funny, man. So I have that now where people, people are contacting me to do, to do things or play certain 
gigs that even two years ago I was like chomping at the bit to get. I'm like, I don't really know. And it is, it really isn't like a, I'm too big or too important for this. It's, I don't know if that's a fit for like sort of the path that I'm on now. Yes. You know? Yes. So that, I mean, that's a cool thing to kind of like recognize, Mm -hmm. you know, and you have to be aware of that. I feel like it's almost detrimental to you if you are constantly like in the mindset of how you saw things going at the beginning. Like it almost, right. you can almost like, you know, you might as well just dig yourself a hole and, and sit in it because you right. have to keep going forward. Well, and, I, and maybe it, it's important, it's important just to, just to start moving in a direction. I mean, I don't know how you start writing songs, but like when I started writing songs, I literally was like, man, I love that Goo Goo Dolls song. I'm just going to like write my own lyrics to that song. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and this is the paint, you know by, it, paint by numbers philosophy of of listening to the radio and figuring out on guitar and yeah yeah what and, is the chord progression okay now I have a new song that's right <laughs> that's right and you know it's it's a jumping off point and I think it's that's a really it's it's like super helpful you know and I yeah. think honestly dude I mean like it's still that's still a great way to be inspired you know oh it's so true I've I've sort of realized that. I I just in the, in the past year went through the process of writing and recording a new a new album and I'm like what did what did I do at the beginning when anytime I got in any kind of like spot where I didn't really feel inspired I was like man I haven't just sat down and figured out somebody else's song in a right. long time because right. nowadays if you play with somebody else you know you just get charts or whatever and it's sort of like you don't have to remember it, or it's literally like having an iPhone you don't have to retain anything because the information's there right so like sitting down and actually f- like. You know, with whether it's like a Paul Simon record or something, sitting down and be like, "What is he? What is he doing?" Yeah, was such a huge part of me personally, my sort of formative years as a musician, and it was actually really in, insanely helpful <laughs> to jumpstart like a, a creative burst again. Yes, or, or <clears throat> one thing I started doing is just shutting everything off and just laying in my floor and just listening to an album all the way through, which uh, is something yeah. that I haven't done in you know, just like adopting little things that I did at the beginning on vinyl. No, because I don't have a, a way to play that. I have vinyl, but I, I just sold my record player. Well, there's oh, one really? over there that doesn't work. But uh, but just like literally putting on like like I did the, the first one I did it was with uh, August and everything after kind of grows because one of my so favorite good. one of my favorite albums and it's one of the albums that made me want to start playing music. Me too. And I was like, let's just let's see if I can get back in that place where I was excited about playing music instead of like feeling obligated to tweet four times a day. You know, dude, <clears throat> I know. What is the deal? <laughs> but I feel like you can get back in. It's it's all about putting yourself in that headspace. But you, it's so easy to get bogged down with like obligation, right? as far as you know, pushing yourself forward as a brand instead of focusing on like, well, what do I have to say as as a person who feels real things and and has this art, this artistic inclination to relay that you know to other people. Like you know, if you really break it down, it's just playing music to people. Like it's you know. And right. I, I forget that every single day. Yeah, but the but before you can play music to people, you have to like do the hard work of like figuring out what we got to make the music. You yeah, know? yeah. And that's the hard the hardest thing is like connecting to our hearts. You know. Yeah. I think and then and then communicate and figuring out how to communicate mm-hmm. that in a way that's like that's authentic. You know, and fresh and yeah. You know and. That, that inspires us, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, this is, this is cool. Cause that's what, you know, it's like our filter people, if people buy your music, they're, they're buying the, the way that you, f- that you filter 
uh, you see and filter the world and, and like the, the, or the way that you process yeah. the, the world and, and, and music. They're and, buying into your, your worldview that's and right. the way you, you see things. And that's what they like more than anything. Yeah. After a time. And so that's a good, that's also a really great thing to remind me to like, Hey, you don't have to like, you, like you gotta be you and figure out what you like and what you want to do and what you have to say and what you have to say and do that. Cause yeah, you know, cause people, that's why you have, that's why people like show up mm-hmm. still. That's true. You know that. And, and I think that you can probably like really do a lot of disservice to yourself by like trying to be somebody else. And that's, that's obviously like not musical too. Just like that's just life, life stuff. It's just life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do because what is Heatwave is what album number for you? I think it's like thirty album thirty seven. Okay, so <laughs> for your thirty seventh record, mm-hmm. and you're naming it after a, a, a huge uh, misstep by Mother Nature in the Midwest in 1983, which is very important to you, dude. God rest those cat that, those God livestock, those, those cattle, those cattle, those cows. <laughs> No. There's cattle everywhere. <laughs> this, I don't know what I don't know what voice that was. What is that? I don't know. That sounds like something that somebody who doesn't speak English is a first thing. <laughs> uh, cattle. Let's, yes. Let's. The rest of this interview is just going to be racist uh, stereotypes in voice form. Well, um, <laughs> we brought the right guy. Man, one trip to East Nashville just changed Matt Ward's life that day. Uh, he quit music. Yeah. He was forced out of music because... <laughs> we found out that he was 78 years old because he's put out 37 <laughs> And that's another thing too that I think I had to grasp is that like if I I can't be pre- I can't be so precious with ideas, um, with songs. Like as soon as you get precious with them, it's almost like the spigot like gets turned off. It, yeah. it's, it, it's like, but the more you just like are free with it, the more stuff come the more ideas come mm-hmm. you know yeah and um so that's been like so the the process of writing like when i like the last few years when you know the heat wave songs were being written like i was writing like doing a bunch of co-writes in town for a publisher i was like doing a lot of country co-writes and mm-hmm. there'd be a lot of like song ideas that i would like bring into co-writes that were like I freaking love this idea. And I'm bringing it into somebody that, like, I don't really know. Yeah. If, like, but it was, like, this thing of, like, there'll be another idea, you know? And this is a cool idea. That's a tough place to be sometimes, though. Yeah, I'll just bring him in, like, let's write it. And and sometimes the idea is, like, no good. It's like, that's all right. There'll be something else. But that's what's what's great. Like, a lot of times with those co-writes, like, even if somebody else uses it, like, you could still use it. Like, right. If the song comes, yeah. And I mean, you know, Get To You was a song that was, was, like, was on hold with the country artist for a while. I was like a really cool country artist that I, yeah. I liked a lot. And um, it was Garth Brooks, wasn't it? 
<laughs> that was Travis Tritt. Yeah, it was. Um, was it Joe Diffie? Joe Diffie? Uh, no, it was um, no, say. another no, artist. Say. And it's something, something I was excited about, but I was like, you know what? Even if he doesn't cut this song, record this song, like, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to freaking love it. And, yeah. like, I honestly don't care if he does it or not. Like, and that's what you got to do. I yeah. mean, you 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 can't write with like an expectation in mind of it happening because mm-hmm. at least I can't because all of a sudden you're like manipulating you're like trying to manipulate the song to do something for you that like you are trying to make happen yeah and I'm sure some people have made a really great career doing that but like I can't like if I'm wanting to be like kind of like aligned you know spiritually and physically and and mentally aligned yeah. And, dial in to God. I can't do that, you know? Um, so it's important for me to just be like, Hey, whatever happens with this song, you know, whatever. It's yeah. not, it's not up to me. You just put it out there, you know, you write it, put it out there and, and hopefully you learn something from it, you know? Yeah. And not being precious with your, with your songs and with your like work and material and stuff is very, uh, it's tricky. It's very important though. <laughs> it's very yeah. important to just, yeah, to say like like we were saying, like there will there will be another song, like there will be other ideas. Even though sometimes when you're in it, it feels like I might know. I don't know where another idea is going to come. Yeah. from. Yeah, the thing it's it's like uh, it's like anything though, man. And I got to remember this: like you just you just gotta like make room for it to happen. You just gotta you just gotta. Somebody always tells me like writers write. If you are calling yourself a writer or an artist, painters paint. You know, you can't like not do that thing and yeah. then and then wonder why you're not painting paintings. It's like it's yeah. cuz you're not freaking like, get out your get out your like get out your canvas and your paints and like I know it's intimidating to stare at a blank at a blank like canvas mm-hmm. or a blank sheet of paper. But well, like that you've cursor done it, that's just blank blinking it. Yeah. <laughs> but you've done it before. Yeah. Chances are like if you if you like step if you like step off the ledge like in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom or whatever. Like, Last Crusade, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that anyway, ledge will be there. That's so true. There's, it's there. There's and been it, there's been times. I don't know if you've ever done this. I actually just that reminded me of this. Um, I played a show. I'll give you an example. But I played a show. And I'll do this in soundtrack sometimes. <clears throat> in my my sort of hometown of Little Rock, uh, not that long ago, and I was surrounded. I felt like I was in a giant, like I was surrounded by friends and people who were there to see me. It was like one of the best turnouts I had in a, as far as hometown shows go. And I just, in the middle of the set, I was like, I'm just going to make up a song like right now. And I'm not going to tell anybody I'm going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to play a song That's and awesome. then let it be there and just sort of just to see what happens. And I just started playing a riff and then I started singing and then a few people started, and then but I started singing and not as a funny in a funny way, but about the fact we were all in Little Rock at this show together. Yeah, and how in my last couple like turnouts in Little Rock had not been great. Right, and I was like you know profit in his hometown kind of thing. Like maybe, right. maybe it just won't be, but this one really was. So I started singing about how it wasn't great before, but now it is, and we're all here. And people by the third verse started sort of catching on, and it was nonsense. And I couldn't sing it back to you right now if, right, I, right, if right. you asked me to. If you paid me my American money to do it, I couldn't do it. But okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're all we're, we're safe here. Right. But I, I and then it was gone. And then and then afterwards, a few people were like, "What was that?" You know. But there's something about being not 
not beholden to a set list or anything, and I just felt comfortable. And I've done that during soundtracks before. I'm like, I'm just going to make up a song because I'm on stage. I feel like I'm in my element. The adrenaline is going. It sounds good. The lights are there. It sounds so good. Yeah, and like, here we go. And I never get to ride in this sort of environment. And I usually, soundtracks are fun places to kind of mess around. And and, and especially if you have an idea beforehand. But I literally just made up the song. And it and it felt amazing, and I and I like went home and started like two or three songs because I was like remembering that. That yeah, sort of that thing. is such a great dude. <laughs> Not it, a lot of people can. That's a, that's a ballsy thing to do. It could have gone very badly, but the good thing is I can always transition into whatever the next song is. That's right. Like, <laughs> well, like some of my favorite, some of my favorite like things, like especially early on, like listening to live recordings of these you know songs, these bands that I loved and. And then hearing some of the imp- like the improv stuff that happens, like oh, it's the best. Uh, and you've really got to be like present, man, mm-hmm. and like really attentive to like you know the moment to like do that. You can't do that if you're like wondering if that you know girl in the third row, like why she won't get off her cell phone. Yeah, you know, or like why those people in the corner are talking and kind of laughing every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Do I have, like, you know, is my zipper you down or yeah, something? You, no, you have to be, like, zoned in. Yeah. It's There's so, so many times I'll be playing, and I'm, like, I'm literally thinking about, like, anything that's, like, not... I'm, I'm thinking about, like, you know, taxes or something. I'm, like, I'm singing a song. Yeah. It's totally... I'm totally, like, phoning this one in. Like, automated... I'm like, where, know, how, man, like, where am I? And and the best the best times are like when I'm like there and I'm aware of what I'm singing. It's like you're playing it for the first time, but you have you have the help of muscle memory. So like you know you're not thinking about like what's the next line because it's all just right there. And that is a beautiful thing. Like because sometimes I literally will, I I will be playing a song and it will be muscle memory and I can check out for a second and be like, man, this is going great. And then I'm back in it, you know, in your head, like, oh, yeah, this just feels good. Yeah. And you'd be like, I think I'm going to play this song next. Yeah, I'll do that. And then you go back in it, you know, that's that's a sweet place to be, too. So sweet. Because muscle memory can be your friend without it feeling completely like you're phoning in. Because I play that song at end nights where I'm like, man, we're only to the bridge. This feels, people are not having it. Or I'm not having it. Or whatever it is. Yeah, (laughs) When when a three minute song. Something I ate earlier is just not having it. When a three minute song feels like ten, that's that's when you need it. Not a good situation. (laughs) Not good. Here, I don't want to, I don't want to leave your fans in the, in the, in the dark. So I have to, I'm going to read you, I'm going to ask you some of these questions. I don't know if you saw them or not. I saw some of them, but I thought. Most of them are when you're coming to Chicago, when are you coming to Des Moines, when are you coming to, uh, oh, that was, uh, that was Alyssa Sandstrom, which I've read as Sandstorm, which I was like, man, Sandstorm was a great last name. That is a great last Uh, name. uh, It's going to actually be the, the name of my next record. Sandstorm. First you had heat wave, now you're sandstorm. Can, you, can it just be words? Sandstorm. sandstorm. And then the next one's going to be called earthquake. You're just basically going to take on natural disasters. <laughs> the natural disaster tour. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. You know what? This 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 is a creative atmosphere that I that I try to have going on here. Uh, it's totally. I, I think this it. is. Uh, it's at Madrigals uh, wants to know. Matt, winter is coming soon. How are you planning to keep warm in all the tank tops? Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm gonna sew sleeves onto the tank tops. There we go. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That seems like a logical answer. Yeah, just sew sleeves on. Sew sleeves on there. Yeah, <laughs> or just wear the tank tops over a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> 
a right? flannel with a tank top yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. So people will know it's you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> I know it's a little confusing here, but... Oh, my gosh. Uh... <laughs> I think that's everybody. Uh, there was others, but they're just like when you come into Des Moines. Oh, like, so we, that's the like, man, you got so much love. You did. So many, to there were more people who were like, "Hey, I'm excited to listen to this more." That, like, uh, so many people got excited. But you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you dumb questions. And some of these people, your fans have some dumb questions. Hey, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You I'm have kidding. some really sweet but dumb fans. Man, they are a bunch of no, just. <laughs> That's so terrible. I'll note the time so I can edit that out. Oh okay. my gosh. Uh, I think there might have been something on Facebook, but once again, it's so hard to get it. But no it. one's on Facebook. Who's let's on Let's be it? honest. Our parents are on Facebook. They are. It, it really is like, social media is sort of the, like, let's say the internet is the apocalypse. Make it more interesting, the zombie apocalypse. And social media <laughs> is the different locations, like where there are safe zones. Right. And right now it's Twitter and Instagram and maybe Vine. A place that you can just spend the least amount of time and get the most, you know, get something. Bank, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and our parents are, the, are like, are just slower. Right. And so they're, they're, our parents are hanging out on Facebook now. Right. Uh, so it's not cool to be there. It's like, that place is overridden. Don't go back there. Oh, dude. <laughs> Facebook is like... Is like the Hillsborough Village of Nashville. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's years a ago. Reference. This was really hip. Yeah, but now, no, our moms go there. Yeah, there's, it's like, so true. Yeah, there's no, there's no threat of being stabbed or shot anymore. I like to. So we're gonna, <laughs> we got to go to Germantown and East Nashville. For East that. Nashville, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I love I love Green Hills because I love playing this game in the Green Hills Mall, which I I just go and stand outside of a store or look at like the directory and see the names of the stores and try to guess what kind of store it is because I'm always going to be wrong because the stores are like names of really pretentious uh, like preppy little kids and you don't <laughs> it's like Parker Davis like what is <laughs> I don't know what that store is I'm going to guess Parker Davis is a is like a ballpoint pen store. <laughs> that's that's pretty spot on. Or like a like or a really like stationary, high end stationary. All, yeah. Uh, seriously, I love just walk around that place because I've never I haven't been in any place in the Greenhouse Mall other than the Apple Store in forever. Uh, but there's so many stores there that it's one of those sort of high end. Kind of places, and I and I do like a lot of things about Green Hills. I like, actually love high end things. Of course you do. You're yeah. you're an adult human being. Why would you not? Yeah. Uh, like Absolution. That's a store. What does Absolution sell? Well, I actually know what Absolution oh, sells. Oh, well, that's not fun. Candles. Do they really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to name off all these places and you're going to know. Yeah, actually. T- yeah, let's do this. Um, Brighton. Brighton sells like mom, like like mom clothing and jewelry. It's like really? a lot of pewter and like stainless steel. You know this for real or you're guessing? Yeah, it's for real. You know all this. This isn't yeah. a fun game. Next. Uh, Burberry. Oh, Burberry. Dude, you don't know Burberry? I don't know what Burberry is. Burberry is a is a British, it's a classic British uh, brand that that they they were like the, um, they, they like made the um, trench coat. Like, oh. And they make, they, they are known for like their trench coats and because in London it's raining all the freaking time. It is. Like they were the like... If if you wanted like a good trench coat, like a rain trench coat, you bought a Burberry, Burberry one. Burberry so, does sound like it would be said Burberry. best. In a, said best in a, a British accent. Burberry. Yeah, absolutely. But now somebody bought, you know, like probably like you know, 
the limited corporation that owns yeah. it, limited and all they, they probably bought it and like hey we have a new high end brand thing so like yeah. I don't know I mean I think it's still known to be a high end brand but I feel like anymore dude there's like all these brands have like lost their their edge I think well because yeah they go public and they sell and and they go away yeah what is uh one more what do you think Eileen Fisher is. Eileen Fisher. I know I've seen that. See, this sounds like just names that people would name their kids. Eileen Godiva Chocolatier. That sounds like a kid's name. Gus Meyer. Godiva? You're going to name your kid I know what that Godiva is. Chocolatier. <laughs> I, know, I know. Look at me. I know a chocolatier. Chocolatier sounds like something like, I, I, I fly chocolates. <laughs> I'm a chocolatier. Oh, um, you, you know grandfather. He was a chocolatier in the old boy. Grandfather Godiva. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh, man. We need Eileen uh, Fisher. I think is like it seems like a store that would sell like Vera Bradley. You're right. It, it's definitely like a gifts, like a woman's gifts shop, like Vera Bradley, like um, like duffel bags and store description. Here we go. Simple, sensual, beautiful, timeless, mm. functional, inclined. Uh, no, great design is at the heart at Eileen Fisher. Mm. It is the idea brought to to life through clean lines, simple shapes, and sensual fabrics. It strives to balance the timeless with the modern function and beauty. Still don't know what it does. <laughs> that's amazing. They said so much without saying anything. That's the that's the goal. That's what you got to do, man. Right, man. That's what people want. Thank you for coming back on. Of course, two timer, two timer. We made it happen. Yeah. Do I get like a medal or something for that? Um, yeah, sure, we can come out. Okay, cool. Like a yogurt lid or something? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> now that does it for episode 51. If you would like to check out Matt Wirtz's latest project, Heat Wave, it is available on iTunes now or at mattwirtz.com. As always, for Who Writes This Stuff, I'm Nick Flora. Go do something creative. 